Welcome to another episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trish Campbell. And school is back in session. So, it's now our, well, one of our slow times of the year. Although, I feel like this is probably the slowest time yeah. outside of maybe January. Um, all the kids have kind Even of gone then, back. January still has leftover holiday movies. Okay, let me rephrase that. Mid-January. Once everybody goes back to school and goes back to college and all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is probably our slowest time of the year. So, because everybody's trying to get back in the groove of things, trying mm-hmm. to trying to feel everything out. You know, all those hormones are raging. <laughs> um, you know, dealing with how much they're going to hate their new teachers. Um, of course, it means we cut back hours. Mm-hmm. So we we wind up having staff cuts, but we also wind up scaling back our show times too. Yeah. So, which now winds up giving us a little more room to to work and actually do things. You, I get so much more done in the fall. Yeah. Like, uh, projection wise, instead of just doing the bare minimum, okay, movies are ingested, all the info's plugged in, trailers are in, they'll play. Right. I can actually go in and take the time to sit there and delete old playlists and clear out memory out of servers and the LMS and kind of to a lot of the kind of menial maintenance stuff. Sure. As far as the as production goes. Yeah. That I can't do when it's busy because I'm basically trying to get the bare minimum done and get back on the line while I'm busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I might agree with you because let, let, now this allows me to kind of learn some of those things. So I'm still yeah. – I'm still learning the digital side of things. It's been a while because I'm still I'm still an old analog man from the 35 millimeter years, well, the dying days of them. And I only had about six months as manager of 35 millimeter before we went. Yeah, 100 digital. Yeah. So so yeah. So it's it's a learning curve. So so yeah. Here the last couple of weeks, I've actually gotten to do some of your job, and it's been kind of fun and actually kind of interesting and and, and a learning experience. Um, which that time, not having to deal with as many lines has kind of afforded me. Yeah. At the same time, when you've already got the work done, I have to find stuff to preoccupy myself with. And that's, that gets a little more difficult this time of year. <laughs> yes. There's some like routine maintenance stuff that I get done a lot of more deeper cleaning or, uh, you know, going through and, and, uh, finding things that need to be taken care of. Like we've got a ton of broken seats that we have to deal oh, with. Um, and if I can get somebody to teach me how to do that, I'll take care of well, it. We need the buttons first. Right? We do need those buttons. Yes. Pretty sure Dylan is attempting to order. Yeah. Buttons. So. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's just a matter of work. Like I said, we're in that slow time. Except it's not going to be that slow. So. Nope. Um, not here soon. No. So because we've got a week and a half. Hey, stop. So we've got coming up here. No, not even a week and a half. A week. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got Labor Day coming up. So, which will be a little busier than, than we have been the last week or two. Um, and then coming up in, well, yeah, a week, we've got It, Chapter 2, uh, which will probably be one of the next highest grossing R-rated films. Can I help you? Why is it every single time that we're trying to do a show, you want to come talk? Do you have an opinion? Would you like to discuss it? Yeah? Popcorn? That's what I'm getting out of this. Sorry, Ripley's saying hi and very, very vocal about, uh, about things. So, um, yeah, I just, I find this, this time of year kind of difficult to, to keep things going. Yes. And outside she goes. Cool. All right. So, sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, so 
like I said, we've cut back on hours. Everything's pretty well, almost down to a skeleton crew for us. Um, well, it's okay. Like, I can actually go through and do some of the extra stuff that Home Office always wants us to do that we just don't have Right. Yeah. Like, how many times have we realized on, you know, a Thursday night that we have a new movie-specific drink special that no one's printed off the info for the bartenders? Yeah. Well, to be fair, they don't always get us that info the day That's that right. we need it. So. Um, but we at least have the recipes ahead of time. Yeah, time. true, true. I've actually got I try to get that to them as early as possible so they yes. can start practicing and whatnot and yeah. kind of get the hang of it. Uh, I told our boss the other day when I was working, uh, I've got to get some some certain things for one of our cocktails for it next week. Uh, there's at least one, not important to the show, but there's two that that we can order. Oh, suppliers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep talking. Um, this is not important to the. No, no, it's not. It's not. So, but the thing is, while looking at it, because uh, that's the other thing too, is now I have to kind of pare down our liquor orders. Like I didn't make any orders this week. Uh, that is good information to have just so long as I have enough stuff to order because there are yeah. minimums. So otherwise we'll just go buy a bottle and get in trouble and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, sorry, if you're listening to this, it's not that we're not <laughs> trying to, it's just, we're trying to save money with the company and you know, I do whatever I need yeah. to, to do that. So, um, but also like project picture stuff, mm-hmm. um, for those listening project picture is, there's certain movies throughout the year that they want us to, I don't know, go above and beyond for marketing as far as like do extra stuff yeah. for, for stuff for customers coming in to interact with. Um, like the photo booths seem to do really well at our location. Mm-hmm. We've done it a couple times with the first time we did it was for the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie. We had some sort of contest for that. We were giving away a Jack Sparrow cutout anyway. And so we had to have that on display with a little sign and how to sign up for that. But we decided I was, um, that's how I actually lost one of my pirate hats. I, we, we thought that a photo booth would be really nice. Hold on. I had wait a, a really cheap costume pirate hat from high school. Okay. You, you have to explain that because everybody's going, why the hell does she have a pirate hat? Now I can tell you, Trisha loves her rum. So she is probably part pirate in some way, but. The cosplay I've done most often is also a female Captain Hook, so. Yeah, so. That? Okay. So that's, yeah. I just had to clarify. So, I went to, you know, I think Party City and bought a bunch of cheap pirate props mm-hmm. for, I think, less than 30 bucks. Yeah. And we just set it up on the table, and along with the, hey, this is how you sign up to win a Jack Sparrow cutout, there was, take a picture with Jack Sparrow and post it online. And there was actually a lot of people doing that, and I brought in my own, like, cheap costume pirate hat that... Yeah. Disappeared at the end of that weekend and I never saw again. Or whatever. So we tend to do that stuff because we know that does well. And so like for we're doing the Harry Potter series, Nikki and I kinda had time we actually had time to sit down and talk about this would be good, how do we go about doing this? Sure. I was able to reach out to marketing and get permission to spend some money on it and we actually invested in a professional like photography backdrop. Yeah. Because we're like, these do well here. Can we just go ahead? Yeah. Here's one. I think it was like 35 bucks. Yeah. Okay. And I think I worked on one of the last ones, and people were playing with it that weren't seeing that movie. Yeah. The day we set it up before the first one, mm-hmm. we were setting it up early. It was probably two hours before the first one even started. And we got it all set up, realized we didn't have a sign saying, hey, come take a picture. Post right. it online. So we went to the office, printed it out. 
And by the time we printed out and walked back out to the lobby, there was already people taking pictures with the stuff. Yeah. That were just coming out of movies, other movies, and saw it and decided to take a picture. Yeah. We're like, okay, this is a good idea. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have time to discuss that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And come up with ideas and sure. go about, you know, put them into action. Whereas yeah. in the summer, sometimes we barely have time to, sometimes I'm struggling to get film work done. Right. And that's necessary. Yeah. To do. Yeah. Let alone, what do we do for customers? Right. To interact with. Oh, those customer interactions. They're just great. Uh, yeah. No, I like, like I said, I, I like, I like learning, having the time to learn all those things that I don't get to tinker a whole lot with throughout the rest of the year. Um, but like I said, I do have to find stuff to keep myself preoccupied with, but it winds up leading to fun conversations with our, with our frontline staff, uh, such as earlier this week, talking about, uh, moments that traumatized you as a child with movies. And I'm not going to go into the, the gory details cause I know one of them's listening and I don't want to continue embarrassing him cause I've done enough at work. Um, but yeah, we get, we get to, you know, discuss things like that or, uh, yeah, I'm going to give a fat shout out to one of our employees that just left, uh, just front, first name, Abby. She's my little Star Wars buddy. Um, and like, we're geeking out ready for the Mandalorian to come out. So, so well, yeah, it, it, like I said, the slow time of the year is great because now we have time to do things. We can't lie. We've got our favorites at, at the theater. Like we really do. And so we wind up losing some of also them. Also how I discovered that we have frontliners that don't know who Nikola Tesla is. Oh gosh. Uh, what was the other big one? Somebody didn't know who the Beatles were. Was it? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had one like that. I think we came to the conclusion that he would recognize songs if he heard them. He yes. Just didn't know they were Beatles songs. Yes. So while I appreciate that they're that they're there and helpful to us throughout the year, it's when they're gone and don't make me feel old that I really appreciate them. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one of the, the things we get to face, like I said, going into the new school year every single year is you know, losing losing staff members that we, we truly do like. And, and I care about most of our, our kids that we have to deal with. Like, I don't want anything bad to happen to them. They drive me up a wall from time to time. Um, but for the most part, yeah, they're good kids. So, um, so yeah, if you're, if you're one of our frontliners and you're listening to this, just know we do appreciate you guys and uh, wish you the best of luck with school this year. So... All right, well, let's move on, because we've got Labor Day weekend coming up. We don't have any re- – well, we've got a couple new movies, one of which we watched last night, mm-hmm. uh, Don't Let Go, which is modern-day version of Frequency, mm-hmm. and we'll kind of review it later in the show. Um, but we've got that. We've got some movie called Killer Man. Killerman? Killer – I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, it's got Liam Hemsworth in it. Yes, but it's also got, like, a negative 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I read the description of it, and it did not sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got that. And then the big one, and this is, this is going to be the topic of discussion for the rest of the show. I feel like, even though there's other things going on, Spider-Man far from home is getting an extended cut re-release this weekend, Four minutes long. an extra four minutes. Uh, so if you want to see a new action sequence that they're putting in, go check it out. If you don't meh, just stay home, and wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. Um, there's plenty of new original movies to, that are out right now that you can go see. Uh, don't let go is one. I'm not calling it completely original because, like I said, it is a, a frequency with a kind little update, updated version. An older idea. Yeah, um, and it works. Like you know, uh, yeah. uh, and then there's Ready or Not. Ready or Not might have been my might be my my favorite movie this summer. We'll get into that next show, but uh, yeah. Are we also getting um, 
but it's work. Uh, I, I also read the description on that. Family friendly drama. drama uh, story. War hero comes home to save the family farm through motocross. That's <laughs> that sounds like a real champion, guys. Um, yeah, so that's what we've got coming out this weekend. So uh, I encourage you guys go see something original this weekend, or go see some of the favorites that are still in theaters from from the summer. Uh, I'm not going to say go see Lion King because that's not anybody's favorite, but go see Toy Story Four. Go see. Uh, like I said, go see Ready or Not. Uh, if you've seen the Olympus and Angel of Fallen movies, go see, or Olympus in London, go see Angel has Fallen. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's about on par with the other two. It's nothing great to write home about, but it's always fun to sit there and try and pick out Gerard Butler's terrible American accent, which has not been bad in those movies outside of London. Yeah, and, and I think that's just because he was in London. Right. He was surrounded by British accents. Right, so it makes it a little harder to do. Um, yeah, so yeah, get out there, go see the movies this weekend. Um, but yeah, so we're uh, we'll get back to Spider Man here in a minute with that extended cut and specifically all the details that have gone on around it. Um, we did have a new Joker trailer that came out this weekend. I don't think you've watched it yet. No, um, I did, and I part of me is really excited for it. Like you've seen the first trailer, yeah. and you went, "Yeah, that that looks like it could be good." Honestly, for me, I think if you took the Joker name off of it, I'd probably be more excited. Um, but I, I'm watching that trailer, and I wound up watching the movie that it's going to be kind of inspired by, which is Martin Scorsese's uh, uh, The King of Comedy. And The King of Comedy, if you haven't seen it, is Robert De Niro is kind of a deranged wannabe comic who's stalking Jerry Lewis's talk show host character uh, and winds up kidnapping him and holding him for ransom to get a five or 10 minute monologue on his late night talk show. That, that is, that is the premise of the movie. It's actually pretty good. It's, it's a dark comedy. Uh, like the premise, I know the premise alone, you're sitting there going, that sounds wonky, but when you actually watch it, it's kind of funny. Um, but it looks like they've taken quite a bit of inspiration from that. Cause we do have a talk show host that's being played by Robert De Niro. This go around. Um, yeah. The new trailer looked really good. And when you check it out, I think you'll go, that might actually be pretty good. So, because there's, uh, it's premiering at uh, Toronto International Film Festival this week, and the the people that have already pre-screened it for that have said, yeah, it should be in the Oscar nominations this year. And I'm going, that's kind of a big deal. Um, so yeah, so that's coming down the line. But then the other news, and this is the one you'll actually be excited about, uh, is IT director Andy Muschietti has been confirmed to direct the Flash movie. Yes. You have thoughts. I can see it on your face. Grant Gustin is my Flash, so I can't really get excited about right. movie Flash. Okay. No matter who's attached to it. Sure. I'm just like, meh. Yeah. About the whole thing. But even even him directing it doesn't, doesn't do anything for you? I mean... That gives me more hope that it, I'll be I'll be happy with it, but sure. I just was unimpressed with Ezra Miller's Flash. Okay, well, that's fair. I guess we'll see what happens. I I don't know. I I just rather have Grant Gustin. I I would probably be more excited about this news if um, yeah, if I felt like they were actually going to get it off the ground because I honestly don't know what's going to happen at this point. As as much rumor as there been has been about issues between basically Ezra Miller and everybody else. Yeah. Over the direction of the character. I yeah. don't have high hopes. Yeah. I, what, this is going to turn out well. 
yeah, like so I want to be I want to be excited for it, and I, I don't know. I if it sees the light of day, so be it. Like once it goes into production, I'll probably go. All right, let's see let's see what they do. I'm gonna try and be open minded towards it, but I'm kind of with you. I'm I didn't have a problem with Ezra Miller's Flash. I really didn't. Uh, I don't think you got enough of him in Justice League to really kind of yay, say yay or nay on him. Um, but you are right. When you've got Grant Gustin stuck in your head. stupid, and they didn't know how to go about it, and they went about this whole universe completely wrong. Yeah. Well, now they're doing just... How are you going to make a Justice League movie and use that to introduce almost all of the characters? Yeah. That's stupid. Like I said, I think we discussed that a while back, that there's a way to do it. It's just what not they... that way. Well, just what they wound up doing did not work, and that's just that's just too many cooks in the kitchen is what that, that boils down to. So, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk the Spider-Man stuff at length, and then we're going to be talking our... Since it's back to school season, we're going to talk about our top ten... As opposed to five, because there's just so many. Our top ten favorite um, uh, school movies, or high school movies, whatever you're going to call them. So, um, yeah, stick around. All right, so just before D23 last week, before we took off in, uh, for basically a two-week hiatus from, from the show, not intentionally, it's just that's kind of how it worked out, um, we got major news, and that was that Sony and Disney slash Marvel had talks that broke down over the rights to Spider-Man. Um, as it stands right now, Spider-Man is officially out of the MCU yes. as, as of right now. Now, those talks are still going on. Um, what it kind of boiled down to was whether or not, uh, basically, it's a numbers game is what it boils down to. It's all money. Um, at the start of the deal... Disney basically offered to take only 5% off the front end of the box office for any solo Spider-Man movies and then get whatever they make from having Spider-Man in the Avengers or Civil War, any of that. Um, so they had them in five movies. Uh, so they'd get 5% of those two solo Spider-Man films plus any of the merchandising rights. I guess they also wound up got, getting the rights to him for any of the theme parks that they have. So that's why they're doing a Marvel expansion at Disneyland and he'll actually be a pretty central part of that. So, so, so it didn't end up all bad for Disney. Um, Sony, on the other hand, still has the rights to, of course, Spider-Man, but all of, eh, essentially all of his villains. So yeah. Mysterio, Doc Ock, Venom, which, of course, they're going to run into the ground with a ter- another terrible movie, mm-hmm. which Woody Harrelson's back for that. Um, so he has confirmed to play Carnage, which might be its only saving grace. Um, but, yeah, so, so they offered to take that 5% plus, you know, all the other money over here. Spider-Man: Homecoming made uh, over almost nine hundred million, made over eight hundred million, somewhere somewhere in there. Uh, of course, Spider-Man: Far From Home made over a billion. It's mm-hmm. Sony's now highest-grossing film. Um, now they're so Disney says, "Okay, we've put in a lot of work and yeah. gotten gotten this little bit here from the box office and this money from the merchandising." Which who knows what those dollars look like in merchandising? I'm sure they're they're pretty significant. Yeah. So because Spider-Man is Along with Superman and Batman, probably, yeah, I'd say those are the top three biggest superheroes that people yeah. recognize and know and love. Um, so Disney Disney comes back and basically goes, they do the typical negotiating tactic, come in with a high offer, which 
when I looked at it, I went, it's not terribly high, but then I started thinking about it and went, okay, for, for Sony who owns the character. Yeah, it's yeah. high. Um, and that deal was we'll go in, Disney wants to go in and do a 50, 50 partnership. So they would do 50% of the financing, get 50% of the profits from the films. Yeah. Plus that allows Kevin Feige to continue his role uh, guiding the ship, of yeah. course, along with every other Marvel character that they have. Yeah. Uh, Sony said no, and instead of actually coming up with a true counteroffer, just said, no, nah, we'd like to keep the deal as is. To which Disney said, to hell with you, I'm out. Uh, you're obviously yeah. not serious about continuing to make money, so which Disney can do that because look yeah. at what all they've bought, plus they've got Fantastic Four, they've got X-Men that they've got to shepherd into. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of... They have a lot of options. Yeah, so the news came out, and I feel like everybody jumped on the screw Sony bandwagon, and probably to some extent, deservedly so. There's a smaller grouping that was definitely anti-Disney. Yeah. And and I get it. Disney's got a lot of money, they own damn near everything, and I'm not for monopolies either. However, they did come in and make an offer to, one, they're doing most of the work anyway, creatively, because... Yeah. Those two Spider-Man movies have Kevin Feige's fingerprints all over them. Definitely. On the other hand, ask a lot to get 50% of it. Now, 50% of a billion dollars is still $500 million. That's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd say 50% probably a little too high. Um, but then reports – this whole story got weird because it, like, the reports came out that Disney didn't ask for that much. They asked for, like, maybe 30% or <laughs> 1 in 30% specifically – and then it turned into, well, they didn't want to do it at all. That's why they went with the high number. And it's just, it's been a back and forth PR battle between two studios. Um, yeah, because Sony immediately went into damage control mode trying to convince people that they should blame Disney. Yeah, well, and. And so, I feel like most of this has been a PR war of both studios. Actually, mostly Sony, because I haven't really heard Disney talk much about it other than say, okay, we walked. Yeah. But Sony, I feel like, has put a lot of effort into trying to put out information that makes Disney look bad to try to get fans to turn against Disney. Yeah. Well, Kevin Feige, the only thing he's come out and said was this deal is not meant to last forever, which I believe. Yeah. It's, and it's It's not, it's not. As long as Sony owns the character. Yeah. It's not going to last forever. forever. Um, yeah, that's basically it. You know, he goes, says we, we were doing what we wanted to do with, with Spider-Man, but now we're going to have to do our own thing. And that's, you know, yeah. basically towing the company line of we're going to go ahead and move full full steam ahead with what we've got because we've got plenty, and they do. It is a business, and they have to do with what yeah. they feel is best for Absolutely. their company, and I get that. Absolutely. So uh, so let me scroll through here because I'm on the variety story that, that kind of covers this whole saga. Um, let's see. Yeah, because what wound up happening is Sony released a statement basically putting everything on Disney and specifically Feige's shoulders, saying that, well, you know, he's he's just he's really busy with all the characters that they've got over there, and, you know, they don't want to dedicate having him over here working on, on a character they don't own the rights to. And I'm sitting there going, yes. okay, so let me get this straight. So they've added more characters to, to their stable. They've already lost a bunch of characters from Endgame that they're not doing anything with, at least that we know from here on out. You mean to tell me he doesn't have... In the last solo movie, they're setting Spider-Man up to be one of the main players. Yeah. In the MCU. Oh, no. I was going to say, from from the Avengers and Civil War movie. I mean... Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, in the last one, they straight up, people were asking him if he was going to be the next Iron Man. Like... Yeah. Blatantly saying 
here is a key player in the, in our movies going forward. Yeah. And now Sony's trying to say Kevin Feige doesn't have the time to commit to him. Right. Pretty sure Kevin Feige was committing to him. Yes. Um, and that's and that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So, Disney was lo- looking to essentially become a 50-50 partner. And then several insiders, here we go. Uh, several insiders said Sony Pictures chief Tom Rothman was willing to give up as much as roughly 25% of the franchise and welcome Disney in as a co-financing partner in exchange for Feige services. That that's probably the number they needed to get down to. Yeah, and and that's I think that's fair. Yeah, um, you know, without having Feige having to do everything. Yeah, uh, creatively anyway. Um. So yeah, so let's see. He he can lay the groundwork and let others fill in from there. Yeah. Um. And Which is you the know, most important. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So 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 I'm hearing that's what Sony wanted. What I'm hearing is Disney wanted thirty. Is what it wanted yeah. to be, and like I said, there's all kinds of sources. I, I want to pull them all up, but we'd be sitting here all day, and you'd just be listening to nothing but blank spots as I'm trying to find everything. <laughs> um, what it boils down to, to me, is, yeah, Disney owns everything, and they shouldn't. And I'm, I'm yeah. with everybody on that because let's face it, it's frustrating that, you know, all this money, the the highest grossing films of the last couple of years have all been under the mouse. Um, yeah. same time they're putting in the work and it's not yeah. to say that they haven't earned that. And I've said that many times as we've had discussions on this, mm-hmm. as, as this news is broken, that I have my, my issues with Disney and I have my opinions on how they go about and do their business. Yeah. But in this particular case, I feel like Disney had a right to be like, you know what, we're putting a lot of work in. Can we renegotiate this deal? So, we all, you know, not only do we make a little more money, but we uh, we can help you out more on the front end with the financing, and then we all make a little bit more money. Yeah. And Sony is just like, no. Well, and that's... Like, all of a sudden, it's like they got a little big for their britches, and I think they can do it. Like, they get a few, a few movies that are successful, and they completely... It's like they're overlooking Disney's contribution to it. Disney's the one that yeah. guided it. And made it popular yeah. and fit it in with this highly successful cinematic universe. Right. And now it's like Sony thinks that they can do that on their own, separate from the MCU. Yeah. And it's just it's just not gonna happen. Sure. I've had people say that, oh no, Sony's standing up to Disney. And I'm going, sure, they're standing up to Disney. But here's the thing. Are they cost? I was saying, are they standing it? up for the right for the right reason at this point? Like, no. yeah, I don't I, again, I don't want them to have a monopoly as much as anybody. However, when Spider-Man, let's let's be honest. Spider-Man would make money regardless of who owns the character and whatnot. Again, one, probably the 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 most popular superhero ever. Okay, whoever owns him is going to make money with that character. Now, whether or not the quality is going to be right is the question. Now, that being said, Sony got things right when they did Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which I don't think you've watched yet. No, but highly recommend it. It's okay. it's great. I will um. And it really narr- nails down multiple versions of Peter Parker and, of course, Miles Morales, yeah. uh, multi- you know, multiple iterations of the character, uh, while feeling like a comic book brought to life. So, yeah. and so Sony, but here's the thing, is that when Sony did that, they let everybody that was working on that do what they needed to do. Yeah. They didn't interfere. When it came to the first two Spider-Man movies with Sam Raimi directing and Tobey Maguire starring, Sam Raimi had control. 
did and, and he did he did an old school Spider-Man from the sixties and just in the early two thousands and it worked. Yeah. It worked. It wasn't until Spider-Man three when Sony goes, can we can we put Venom in? He's like the most popular villain. And Sam Raimi said, yeah. no, please don't because I'm not a big fan of that character. No, no, you need to put Venom in. But I've already got Sandman over here, and we're doing things with Harry Osborn, making him the Hobgoblin, New Goblin, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, but we really want Venom in there. No, I don't... No, you don't understand. You're going to put Venom in there. Fine. I'm going to put Venom in there. And in the petty-betty move of casting Topher Grace <laughs> uh, and doing Venom the way he wanted to, which was... I didn't really have like major issues with, but it's not how I picture the character... Venom's still not one of my favorite characters, yeah. so I'm not as attached to it. So, but I get everybody's anger towards that movie in particular. Yeah. So making emo Spider-Man doing all that at that point. I'll say my hatred of the movie has nothing to do with Venom. Yeah, it's purely emo Spider-Man. Yeah, um, that whole sequence was just so cringy. It's, it's goofy. I mean, I could barely watch it because of how much I experienced secondhand uh, embarrassment over it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Sony interferes. Yes, dear. Are you trying to see what I'm drinking? Yeah. Wine. That's the last of the Tempranillo too. <laughs> That's fine. It wasn't very good. Nope, I drank it too. You guys are about to hear a hear a rock fight on this show, so get ready. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, so you saw what Studio Meddling did with Spider-Man Three. Not the only movie that Studio Interference were in. But. No. So then, Sony Sony was going to give Sam Raimi. No, I know. So, so well, we could do that all day with Warner Brothers and Justice League. So I, I was talk, I was thinking more uh, Last Airbender. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing is that studios interfere, but. Sometimes it's for the betterment of the film. Sometimes it's it's for to the detriment. Uh, Spider Man Three, it was to the detriment. And so, and like again, I don't fault Sam Raimi. He did he did what was asked. Yeah. He malicious compliance embodied in that film. Yep. That might be why I actually kind of appreciate it. Uh, so then they were going to do a, a Spider Man Four. Sam Raimi wound up having more creative differences with Sony. Walked, walked as he should. So reboot. Get Andrew Garfield. And I do actually like Andrew I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. His movies, on the other hand, are just okay. They're just not. They're not as good as those first two with yeah. Tobey Maguire. So I think with a better script, probably would have gotten something pretty awesome out of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So after Amazing Spider-Man two underperformed, Sony's in dire straits going. We didn't, and granted, they made like six or seven hundred million dollars. So it's not like, oh no, but the, you have to factor. So you look at production cost, but then you have to factor in marketing and all that. And when you spend an exorbitant amount of marketing, your yeah. profit margin gets slimmer and slimmer. So, you know, you may have a two hundred million dollar movie, but you've got to make four hundred million to break even. Yeah. So I digress. So, yeah, so Sony's in dire straits in 2013, 14, whenever that last one came out. And so that's when Marvel swoops in and says, hey, you have this character and you're having trouble. Because that, that's the thing. Yeah. The only other property that they had at that time that was making money was Bond, was 007. Yeah. Skyfall was their biggest hit until Far From Home. So 
they come in and say, "Hey, look," and and they don't they don't own that character. They have the distribution rights yeah. until well until this year. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, Marvel comes in and says, "Hey, hey, look, look." Here's the thing. We're gonna do that. We're gonna give you a lowball offer, like we're lowball on our end. Now we just want the merchandising and we want the rights to the theme park stuff, but we're gonna help you. We just want five percent of the gross from the films. Beyond that, we want to help you. Which with is it's not even first run overall. It's first or five five percent. It's not five percent of the overall box office. Yes, five percent of the first run. So basically, yeah, they get five percent of like the first. Some people said first day, but I think it's like first weekend. Yeah, gross. Yeah. So well, that's a decent chunk of change. Yes, it's not a whole lot in the grand scheme of how much grand scre- grand scheme scheme of how right. much money. Yeah, those movies made. Yeah, so Marvel comes in and says, "This is what we want to do." But here's the so what we want. Struggling. Here's we what got we got. This character, yeah. we want him. We want to use him. You can keep him, but we want to use him. And here's the thing: we're going to bring him into our universe. We're going to make him a central character. We're going mm-hmm. to kind of start building things around him. We'll negotiate after about five films. And once you see how this is going to work, but I guarantee you, at least one of your two solo Spider-Man movies is going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, and he's going to be he's going to be popular. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you take that deal, knowing knowing that down the road you're going to have to negotiate to yeah. give them more money? Yeah, but in the long run, you have to know that's going to be good, right? And so that's what happens. So we get him in Civil War, and everybody's hyped because yeah. I remember, first I remember shot. when that news broke. Oh yeah, no. even before we saw him or he was cast, when just the news broke that that deal right. was reached and that Spider-Man was going to join the MCU, people were hyped. Yes, because this is what they've been calling for. Yeah, yeah, no, we were. I yeah, I think you and I were texting about that, because and me and Ryan too. God mm-hmm. rest him. But yeah, we we're like, oh my <laughs> god, this is actually happening. And then that first trailer for Civil War came out, mm-hmm. and then you see the shot of you know. Cap and Iron Man staring at each other down at the airport, and the next thing you know, the shield gets ripped out of Cap's hands, and then it cuts to Spider-Man holding the shield, and then the eyes move on the mask, which we had not seen before in a Spider-Man movie. And everybody lost their damn minds. Why would you not be excited about that? And then they, not only that, they did, I, I, I bag on Sony and, and Marvel for going back and taking Spider-Man back to high school. Because I'm done with Spy- high school Spider-Man. I'm ready to see him as an adult and struggling in his 20s. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like there's a lot more you can do there. Um, that being said, Tom Holland has been amazing as Spider-Man. Yeah. He's been amazing. He's been great. He's been a great high school Spider-Man, especially for kids these days. Like He is a good modern day iteration of Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, revitalized the character, did all of that. And so, yeah, so now it's time for the Roosters to come home and Disney says, hey, let's talk numbers. And hey, Sony. It's, it's been five years. We fulfilled everything we said would happen. Yes. It's time to renegotiate. Yes. So something Sony's like, nope. Yeah, no. Sony goes, well, while you were doing that, we took Venom and we made a mediocre movie, but we made almost a billion dollars with it. We so got, we're good now. Yeah, we got Jared Leto over here doing doing Morbius the Living Vampire, which is another one of those characters that you want. And I'm going, okay, I don't care about either of those two characters without Spider-Man in context. That was my fault. I tapped my glass. So, <laughs> so I'm going, you 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 have these characters that you can use, and that's yeah. that's all well and good. And like doing a Spider-Man movie by itself with those characters is fine and we've seen it and it works and it's great 
when it's done right. Yes. And I have no faith in Di- or in Sony, mm-hmm. in Sony, and specifically Amy Pascal and Tom Rothman. Amy Pascal was the head of Sony for a long time that shepherded in that Ghostbusters reboot that nobody liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and not to say she didn't do some good things while she was the head of Sony, but because she did. Some of that was Spider-Man, some of it wasn't with Spider-Man. Uh, you know. Yeah, so she, I just, I have no no faith in her. Um, my wife's getting getting revenge on me by drinking my mead. So <laughs> it's the bourbon barrel stuff. It's really good. Anyway. Um, I can't complain because I'm drinking the cheap wine. Now I'm going to complain. So they dumped all that money in. Of course, they saw nothing. Disney goes, fixes everything. Yeah, creative, and that's the thing. Is like when I was looking through all this, Sony still had creative control. And what did they do? They go, yeah, whatever Feige wants to do, that's fine. Let him do all the work. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you when you're only having to pay five percent of the gross? I mean, or the, the box office. Yeah. So yeah, so now it's come home. They've they've got their their Sony Marvel Spider Man universe that they're wanting to do, and they're going, yeah, no, we just we're good. And I guarantee you, Feige is sitting there, and while he says, yeah, this deal wasn't meant to last forever, and you know, we'll move forward, and we'll be fine, I guarantee you, he's over there biting at the bit going, I had plans. <laughs> I was like, I had plans, you fuckers. There's my one F-bomb. I had plans. Like, I, And I was explaining this to a friend of mine on Facebook the other day. Picture this. They, you've got Sony, let's say Sony and, and Marvel do make a new deal, and it works out. You well, keep, people are speculating will happen. Well, and yeah, and I feel like but by I the end of it, like people are a little too hopeful. Uh, I feel like it could happen, but I uh, D- Disney Disney's it's big enough that they can go. No, Disney's big enough that they can go. You know what? I'm out. So yeah, and just walk. And that and and I can't blame them for that. Fans will be disappointed, but Disney will survive. Yes, the MCU will keep going. Yes, Sony on the other hand may struggle, may do well. May have one more billion dollar hit out of Spider Man, and then it sucks. I've seen a lot of people online talking about they refuse to go see another Spider Man movie unless they re-sign with Disney. Yeah, they don't care what Sony does; they won't go see it. Yeah, as long as it's under just Sony. Yeah. Well, you know, I we got free movies, so I don't care. I'll wind up <laughs> watching it anyway. There, I, I have no, I have no reason to boycott because it's not yeah. my dollars going into it; just my time. That's true, but. You have no reason, like, like I said, I'm just, I'm picturing a deal getting done. Okay, so you get a Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. You can introduce Venom now. You can bring Tom Hardy's Venom in yeah. and and make it work. Because there's nothing that says that they can't do that. Yeah. Uh, and while I didn't care for Venom, I would love to see Tom Hardy in a good Venom movie or there's, a good Spider-Man there's movie. There's no reason they can't negotiate a shared custody deal. Where yeah. Spider-Man is in the MCU, but Sony can also make a spider first, so to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. Have have Tom Holland Spider Man show up in Venom and yes. Morbius and all these right. movies that created. There's no reason why that can't exist. Right. Now in regards to that, Disney did want to cut of those films if that's what they were gonna do. And at that point I can't really say I blame them because they're setting up because then there's all that possibility for crossover. Yeah. Picture Venom, you know, coming over and interacting with the Hulk. Or, you know, the most sensible one, you know, Morbius having his run in with, with Mahershala's Ali's blade. Like, that one has me hyped, because I just want to see Herschel Ali just bitch-slap Jared Leto all damn day. Uh, you know, things like that, you know. You can 
because Disney's got Kingpin and Daredevil right now. They can't do anything with them, but they've got them. But Kingpin's also a, two years, three years, it's two years, it's two years now. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that Dare or Kingpin is a Spider-Man villain too. Like, there's a lot of crossover there. Well, yeah, because it's New York. Yeah. Why would you not want to put those characters together? Be it under the same roof, be it through a shared custody deal, whatever. Why would you not want to do that? Because that makes money for everyone. Everyone. And it makes and, the fans happy. And I you know we can sit Which here. Which makes you more money. Exactly. I know everybody, you know, I know there's a lot of fans. My friend Andrew, who I love him to death, is is going going, yes, but Disney's being greedy. I'm like, well, Sony's being greedy too. Like, don't don't just sit there and throw it at one one studio's feet. Like, it, it's yeah. it's going to take both parties to make it work. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, there's a lot of blame to go around, but I'm one of those yeah. that's firmly in the camp of Tom Rothman's a friggin' idiot uh, who should not be in charge of a studio. He, he ruined X-Men in certain ways. He ruined Deadpool for the longest damn time. It wasn't yeah. until he got let go that Ryan Reynolds got to do the Deadpool we wanted. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's not like I'm saying Disney is blameless in this. No, but Sony's the one that refused to negotiate. Or, so yeah, Disney. How, I mean, there's only so much Disney can do if Sony is unwilling to at least talk. Like, if they're just going to sit there and be like, "Nope, keep the same deal." Yeah, there is no negotiation. It's it's that that goes back to Disney either accepting it or walking away. Right. And Disney put their offer on the table. Sony refused to negotiate. So. The deal was unacceptable, so they walked away. Like, are they being a little greedy? Sure, mm-hmm. but there's only so much they can do. Right. If Sony won't talk to them, yeah, won't compromise a little bit, sure. and it's ridiculous that Sony won't compromise because Disney has made them a lot of money. Yeah. The least they can do is at least work with them a little bit. Yeah. No, it just like I said, I I get not wanting to give your rival studio any more money than they've already got when they've already got more money yeah. than God. Yeah. Like. But when you both stand a profit, exactly. it's stupid to and, walk away from it. And the thing is, is you can negotiate that into your favor. What what Sony, I think, ought to do, mm-hmm. negotiate, yeah, you can negotiate the box office. That's that's all well and good. Yeah. Why not renegotiate the merchandising stuff? That's that's where the money's and at. And they could have come back with that. Be like, okay, we'll give you us this deal. Let's talk about merchandising, too. Yes. Let's, let's, let's talk let's about... Let's include that in. Yeah. Like you can keep the theme park stuff because yeah. like we're not going to stand to make anything off of that. But Sony doesn't do theme parks anyway. No, exactly. They sold off all their. their so that's why there's a Men in Black thing at, at Universal Studios, and now Spider Man's going to be at Disneyland. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. there's there's no reason that they can't figure this out. And I'm and I'm hopeful, but I'm not exactly optimistic that a deal will get worked out, or at least yeah. not anytime soon. Or hell, for all we know, this could just be one big PR thing just to gauge where the audience interest is and in, in everything and. Yeah. They're going to find out everybody's pissed off at everyone. So, yeah. I don't know. So that long story short, Disney, Sony, from us at my favorite my drunk movie theater to you guys, <laughs> get your shit together and give us Spider-Man back in the MCU. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk about uh, Ready or Not, Angel Has Fallen and Don't Let Go very briefly, and then we're going to hit our top ten uh, high school movies. So stick around. All right, we're back. Uh, so there was one other thing I meant to mention, and it, it, we'll move off the Spider-Man Tom Holland subject here in a second. He did come out and say that he was going to do 
who's going to fulfill his contract. So regardless of whatever Marvel decides to do, we'll still get at least he one more. Really have an option there. Sure he does. He signed up to be the MCU Spider-Man. He can, uh, yeah, they can sue him and do all that. But, you know, I feel like he's got a little more power to say, look, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. This is not what I signed up for. This is what you're trying to make me do. I'm not doing it. Do what you got to do. Now, Tom Holland's probably too much of a stand-up guy. He'll just fulfill the contract and be done. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if his agent went, you know, we can do this. Other thing, too, is that poor guy had the worst week ever. Oh, not the worst week ever, but it was pretty bad. The Spider-Man news broke. Like, two days later, uh, he's supposed to be doing the Uncharted movie for Sony, which is uh, an adaptation of their video game series. It's really popular. Mm-hmm. I'm actually playing it right now. It is, it is really good. I don't know that I need a movie of it, but that's what they're doing. Uh, anyway, they're now looking for their seventh director to come in and actually take over the project. This movie's supposed to come out December of next year. So that should be all the, that, for me, I'm sitting there going, Sony, maybe, maybe you should just let this go on while you focus on that. Yeah. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. That was, that was that one little tidbit. I'm like, so yeah, if, if anybody I feel sorry for in this, obviously the fans, but also Tom Holland, yeah. who's caught in the middle. So, all right. So we watched three new movies here in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go in. Uh, I'm not going to say in order that we watch them, but uh, we'll we'll go in reverse order. How about that? We'll start with the freshest one and work our way back. Um, so we watched Don't Let Go last night, which is one of the new releases this week. Yeah. Um, whole premise is, is a, a cop is uh, who's really close with his niece winds up going over to their house and finding the whole family murdered. And so he's, of course, he's obviously wanting to solve the case. LAPD won't, won't let him get involved. And then his phone rings and it's his niece. It turns out it's actually his niece from two weeks beforehand. And so basically together, they're going to try and solve the case. It's not quite that straightforward, but it's, it's pretty close. Um, Like I said, it's a frequency redux uh, for the modern age without ham radios. We get cell phones instead. Um, yeah, first thoughts? I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was. Yeah. Like, you were the one that was like, let's watch this. And I was like, meh, okay. Didn't have like, anything else to do. Yeah. Like, there's not really anything else coming out this week. Right. We've watched everything I wanted to watch. Yeah. I wouldn't say I didn't want to watch it, as so much as I didn't really care either way. Sure. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. Sure, let's watch it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. No, um, I didn't have high expectations for it. I just went, you know what? We haven't watched it. We've watched Angels Fallen earlier this week because we yeah. we were late getting to it. Uh, but I went. We're sp- we should probably screen movies to make sure they're working anyway. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it for all of them. I'm just going to do it for one at a time because I don't have that kind of time. No. Uh, unless I want to start reimbursing me, in which case we can talk. <laughs> Listen, corporate. So I said, you know what? Don't let go is the only one that sounds interesting. I don't need to watch Spider Man Far From Home again um, just for four minutes of extra footage. Uh, if it had been like an extra 20, I would say it was, yeah, it's already a long movie. If it was an extra 20 minutes, we could talk. So, um, cause that's, that's a substantial, I'm not, cause I, and I think I know with, with far from home, what that extra footage is. And so I don't need to go back and watch it. It was already in the trailers and they just cut it. Um, you can probably figure out what it is on your own. I'm not getting into those details, but yeah. So I said, let's, let's watch. Don't let go. Why not? Uh, worst case scenario, we've watched bad movies before. We'll just rip on it. And we had our fair share of, of fun that we poked at it. Mm-hmm. But it wound up, the storytelling wound up being a lot better yeah. than we thought it was at the beginning. And it progressively got better. And I really think 
maybe not necessarily the storytelling, but I think the performances in it or yeah. what sold it. Uh, David Oyelowo plays the main cop. Um, and then Storm Reed, who I've not seen in anything before, but I guess she was in A Wrinkle in Time last year. Uh, oh, that is her. Yeah. Uh, I think she looks like a little female version of Jordan Peele. That's just me. So, um, but both really good together. Yeah. Um, and, and having that chemistry, even though they're just having phone conversations the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, they both really sold their parts really well. I don't know that I'd, I buy Oyelowo as a cop just because he made some mistakes. Some of them were emotional mistakes, and and I can I can excuse that because that's why he shouldn't be involved in the investigation. But um, yeah, he just he doesn't strike me as a police officer type, and so but he does he does well. Niece calls him. Yeah, obviously upset, cutting in and out, and he waits till the end of his shift to go check on her. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, oh, that's that's not a bad cop. What? That's just she's dead. Yeah, that's not you, bad cop. That's just have, bad uncle. You should have better instincts than us, <laughs> cop dude. Right. So, um, yeah. So you had him in it. You had uh, Brian Tyree Henry plays her dad, um, David Oluwo's, uh I'm brother. Gonna, I'm probably butchering his name, but uh, yeah, playing the brother, the dad. I think that's right. Um, and then uh, who was actually? It's really funny because earlier this summer he played he played the detective in Child's Play. That's why I made the joke. Oh, well, he was a cop earlier this season. Why is he selling drugs now? That's not really a spoiler. It's it's kind of part of the details of the character. Um, but, yeah, he's he's actually pretty good at it for what little bit he is in. Um, and then Michael T. Will, uh, Williams? Michael T. Williams? Uh, plays plays the partner. Police officer's partner. Um, Bubba Gump is what I call him. Um, really also very good. Uh, and Alfred Molina, who shows up, who I... It's funny, every time I see him in anything, I immediately distrust his character. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He could be a good guy for all I care, but he's, and I'm not spoiling that for anything here. It doesn't matter what he does. I immediately distrust him, and so should you, because he's Alfred Molina, and he's just good at playing that kind of character. Um, yeah, wound up being a much better film than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, and it's, it was so funny. We were talking about this last night. Like for the majority of the movie, I'm sitting there going, this doesn't feel like an R rated film. This feels like it should be PG 13. Yeah. Um, it's not. And then we hit the last half hour. Yeah. Now there, I will say there is a, a moment towards the beginning where, uh, Oyelowo's character is going through the house and he finds his bodies. Um, and he's picks up one of them and he's kind of pushing, uh, kind of pushing their brains back into the back of their head. Um, you know, and again, it's an emotional thing. Um, and it's, it's gross, but, but it was one of the, it's, it's probably the worst of, of all the violent acts, I think in the film. So I'm sitting there, not really not a violent act, but the worst yeah. of the images. Um, yeah. and so I'm going, okay, I get why you give a, an R rating just for those things. But beyond that, it's not until the third act that we really hit that R rating that it earns. And oh, I'm yeah. going, so I'm like, okay, more like F bombs. Once the language damn broke, it broke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like f bombs, and not left and right, but like they 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 don't hold back anymore. Yeah. Uh, and as I was kind of telling you, I kind of appreciated that because I feel like in society we're kind of we're a lot of us we're polite for the most part. We don't try and do a whole lot of swearing. Yeah. But once the stakes get raised in any situation, it is f f f f f. You know. Um. You know. Um. And I I felt like there was a sense of reality to that. Um. Which is kind of interesting since this is a fantasy thriller in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, highly recommend it. Uh, again, it's not the most original film out there, but it is it is an original film. One thing I commented on as mm -hmm. we were leaving that I appreciated was it was a 
the, the main characters were black, but it could have been anybody. Absolutely. Like this wasn't a movie about the black experience, which not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but right. sometimes like, it seems like every movie that's about that has characters that are black. It's about being black. Like they, they almost, they try too hard. Yeah. Oh, he's about black people, but this is just a movie about people. And it just so happens that they cast black actors to yeah. play this family. I did read one review about that that was upset with them there's, not knowing that dynamic. There's a few references. Mm-hmm. They use the word home, homeboy a couple times, but it's mostly used by white coworkers trying to sound cool. Yeah. And there is one kind of offhand conversation about a white cop moving into a black neighborhood and yeah. the black cop giving him a hard time. Right. Yeah, you, you move right along. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, it just it just felt like they just wrote the characters and just I don't know who was cast first, but it's almost like whoever was cast first. Yeah. Like, okay, we like this person, so I guess the whole family yeah is going to be black. Cool, right. like, moving along. Yeah, and it's let's say yeah, I think the cast yeah the cast was predominantly African American. You could replace it, replace yeah. them with pretty much any race. Yeah, and it would still work. No, no, if they'd done Asian cops, I feel like you could it would have been been just fine. So. Um, because and that's the thing is that it's not just white white people are cops, not just black people are cops, not just white people or black people are, are in crime and all that. Like, um, it doesn't address any of those things. And so yeah, so I feel like that's I I thought it was just a good just a film that everybody can like, but I feel like uh, minority minority audiences will be able to to go and see and and connect to as well. Um, so you were reading a review. Yeah, I was reading a review, and there that was their complaint is that they didn't dive into that with you know. You know, black a black cop and his brother is also black and is a drug dealer, and they said, "Well, they didn't dive into that very deep and all that the political." The, and I was like, "That wasn't the, the point. Of, that wasn't the point of the film. If you want to do that film, do that film. This is not that film. No, so this, this was about him and his niece, him trying to save his niece. Yes, not about what was going on with the brother. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I like I said, I'd recommend it to everybody. Uh, black, white, Asian, I don't care. Go yeah. see it. It's it's actually a yeah. pretty decent flick. Um, uh, is it Oscar worthy? Absolutely not. Um, does it have its issues? Yes, it absolutely does, but it's a competently made film. Um, actually they did something that I thought was kind of cool and it was a, it was a lighting thing. Um, uh, there's a, a scene trying not, not to divulge spoilers, but okay. So basically anytime that they're on the phone with each other, the, the niece and the uncle, mm-hmm. when they're on the phone with each other, cause it's in different time periods. When you go, when you're with him in the present day, it's a lot of darks and blues and, and all that, like with the filters. I when you get, towards the end of Yes, the it's especially noticeable then, but like hers is a lot brighter and warmer right. colors. How do I do this? There's a scene where they're talking to each other, they're in the same place, but at the two different times. Yeah. That's when it became, that's when it finally became noticeable. Yeah. Enough that I was like, huh. Like, it's a cool visual flair. Yeah. All right, so moving on. So back to working our way backwards. We watched Angel Has Fallen this week, which is the third movie in the Has Fallen series. Yes. First being Olympus Has Fallen, and then London Has Fallen. Uh, and now we're following Gerard Butler's character, Mike Banning, as he is trying to uh, clear his name from a framed atta- uh, assassination attempt on Morgan Freeman's President Turnbull. Or Trumbull. 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 It doesn't matter. This movie's been made a million times, but it's okay, because it's entertaining, and it's Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. Uh... I liked I liked it more than London Has Fallen. I think Olympus Has Fallen is still my favorite of the three. Yeah, um, agree. And and part of that is is like 
like granted, yeah, they didn't they didn't go the route that that I had initially heard where it was going to be set on Air Force One, so it was going to be Die Hard on a plane now, and I'm going. No, stop, stop. We've already done we've already done that. It was called Air Force One. We don't need to do that. So just going ahead and going with the framed the framed disgraced agent thing, I was like, yeah. all right, that's fine. Yeah. It's straightforward. You can it's so funny. You and I were watching it and we we reached a point early on in the movie where we're going, Oh, there's the bad guy. And they're like, Well, he could be the bad guy too. Well maybe they're both bad guys. And, well, and maybe here's this other guy that's also kind of suspicious. Maybe he Yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep him on reserve, but uh, these two are the ones I'm looking at. And of course you wind up being totally right. It's yeah. so formulaic. Uh, but it's so funny because that's the formula that the whole series has followed up to this point. Um, with Because we're sitting there and there was a friend of ours with us who as we're having this conversation was like, How do you know that there's there's a traitor? We're like because this is the third in the series. There's always, always a, a traitor. traitor. And they always appear to be a good guy in the beginning. Yeah. It's like the Die Hard series. It's 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 not always a terrorist. It's it's a bank robbery disguised as terrorism. That's what it is. So like, there's there's no there's no real surprises here. Uh, so yeah, so at that point you're just along for the ride. And again, Gerard Butler's just great as Mike Fanning. His his American accent is fine in this. Uh, one of the things though that I I Kind of, I thought it was kind of funny is, and we discussed this on the show before. Um, they they replaced one of the characters. They replaced uh, Rada Mitchell's uh, Rada Mitchell as Leah. They replaced her with Piper Parabo, who I didn't recognize as Piper Parabo because I haven't seen her since I was in high school. Um, it took me about halfway through the movie because I saw yeah, her we're still like, like, who the hell is that? I know who that is. Yeah. I know who that is. And it was yeah. about halfway through. I was like, finally, I spoke up. I was like, is that Piper Parabo? Right. Well, you know, uh, young, attractive blondes are cheaper by the dozen in Hollywood. So, bump, bump. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so it was one of those, like, I wouldn't have noticed or cared because that, like, the Leah character, while has, she's been figured into the movies, has not been, like, prominent. Yeah. And so. If I had not recently watched, like, rewatched the first two, yeah, like, right it, before watching yeah, you wouldn't have one, noticed I it. probably wouldn't have really noticed. Because mm-hmm. even at first, like, it took a couple scenes before, I think I was the first one to be like, that's that's not the same actress. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, okay, the shadows are on her face, so it's kind of hard to tell. And then and then there's a moment where where they see her, you see her in, in daylight in the kitchen, and you can see her eyes, and her eyes are brown. They're not blue like Rada Mitchell's. And I go, okay, it's definitely not her. So because because like I've looked at actresses where I'm like, is that the same actress? Like, and I'm not entirely certain. Uh, case in point, whenever Zoe Deschanel actually swoops her hair to the side instead of wearing bangs and gets rid of the glasses, I'm going, that's not Zoe Deschanel. That's not a thing. And I'm going, well, maybe Clark Kent did get away with being <laughs> Superman, you know? So um, beyond that, it's it's got a good cast. Morgan Freeman's back in it. He's not in it much, but that's under circumstances of the story. Yeah. Um, you've got Danny Houston as uh, the former, or the old friend of, of Gerard Butler's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tim Blake Nelson's in it as the vice president, which is nice. I'm glad to see that he's finally he's moved up from being being a criminal in in Prohibition era of Mississippi, and finally worked his way up to vice president of the United States in 2019. So good for him. You notice over the course of the series, Morgan Freeman went from Speaker of the House to vice president. <laughs> it's because the vice president got killed in the first one, so he got to move up. Well, so, no, he was vice president in the second one, though. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The vice president got killed in the first one, so he moved up from Speaker of the House. Yeah, but the second one takes place after the president had been reelected. Yeah. 
So he chose so, him. Yeah. He could have chosen he, a new one. He could have. but So he didn't just have the job by default. He right, chose him as right. a running mate. But here's the thing. Why wouldn't you choose Morgan Freeman to be a running mate at that point? Uh, the dude, saying. The dude handled the crisis. So, and then has to handle another crisis. It's no wonder you elected Morgan Freeman. My thing is, is why would you want to be president of the United States in this universe when apparently every, like, three years somebody's coming to kill you? <laughs> you know? But you have to look at it one of two ways. It's either... You want do you want Mike uh, Mike Banning as your Secret Service agent as your your head like you know head dick in charge yeah. of those guys around you or you get rid of him because he is bad bad luck. <laughs> That's what it boiled down to. But we had fun with it. It's like I said, it's nothing great, but uh, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Oh my god, how do I forget about Nick Nolte? Worth it just for that. Just for Nick Nolte scenes. Uh, yeah, uh, you can find this from the trailers. The He's, scene of the two of them in the woods. Oh, God, that is so great. And that went so much better than I thought it was going to. Like, you wanted it to go one way, and then it didn't. And then you were that's even better. I'll take that. The whole time leading up to it, I was like, I want this to happen. And I was yeah. very upset if this doesn't happen. And it took a complete left turn, and I went, you know what? This, that's acceptable. This that's is, good. This is better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see McNulty getting more work. Um yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'll need to see it again. I'll probably get bored one day and watch the trilogy just in one sitting. Yeah. My only beef is that they didn't bring back Aaron Eckert as Ben Asher in no. some capacity. I was just missing him. There was a point where we were watching and I was like, I wonder where President Ben Eckert is. Because you know he's watching on the news. He he's like, time traveling. Go again. He's time traveling to be, to be uh, General Douglas, uh, Douglas MacArthur there in, in, at the Battle of Midway. Uh, coming out this November. Anyway, all right, so that's that's two of our movies we watched this week. Third movie we watched, and this one was my favorite of the bunch. I know, she's ridiculous. Uh, for those of you listening at home, you can't see it, you can't hear, but my wife has got one of those pillows with the sequins that you can draw on, and she's made a penis on it. So, uh, anyway, Ready or Not, uh, which you and I discussed when we watched the trailer, uh, one of the early episodes of the show. You're right. Yeah, we talked about that a while back, and we were both like, I don't know what the hell the hell was happening, but I'm intrigued, and I yeah. need to know. It did not disappoint. In, in all honesty, it might, might be my favorite movie of the summer. It's an original premise. Mm-hmm. It's it's a black comedy, which I do love. Like, yeah. uh, I talked about King of Comedy earlier, which isn't like super funny, but it is, it is a black comedy, and yeah. so it's got dark humor to it. Um, I love that. Or I liked it. I love Death the Smoochie, which is over the top and just darkly humorous. It's not a great movie, but it's darkly funny. Um, this had all of that in it, and it was well done. It has a great cast with Samara Weaving as as the final girl. I can't remember what her name was, but she's in it. You've got um, Adam Brody as the the brother in law who playing a, playing a typical Adam Brody character. Yeah, he's just a straight drunk asshole and uh, sarcastic asshole that does not care about anything anymore. Yeah, but then you've also got Henry Cherney. Great one-liners. Yes, you, then you've got Henry Cherney and uh, Andy McDowell as the the patriarch and the matriarch of this family, this this gaming or board game family. Yeah. Uh, he's just just being snarky as hell. I like the entire cast is just snarky as hell. Um, my God, we were dying laughing. Uh, it was. Uh, the violence in it is, yeah, when it happens, it's it's there. Uh, it earns its R rating. Yes. Uh, between, that was the other thing. Samara Weaving's just string of obscenities at one point in the movie when she's trying to get away is just phenomenal. And I'm like, I'm rooting for you. Like, it's, it's kind of funny because I guess in real life she's actually got tattoos on her hands. And so mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. So I'm going, 
she's got these, she's got ink on her hands and, and weirding. It's like one of them was like a chili pepper of some sort. Another one was like a moon on a finger. I'm like, okay, that's super basic white girl shit. And she's marrying into this wealthy, well-to-do family. Yeah. Uh, the entire time she's likable. She, yeah. you're rooting for her the whole way through. Definitely. Um, and, and it winds up taking a couple turns that you don't expect it to take, mm-hmm. um, all the way up to the very end. And it's so much fun. It, again, I, it was the most fun I think I've had watching a movie this summer because of how, Definitely. how off the walls it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Every time you think you have it pegged, it, it takes another weird turn. Yeah. Yeah. And and then and then of course it makes you question. We tried to predict it the whole way through. Oh yeah, we couldn't prove it wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, we were like we were just trying to to nail it down, and we just you know you know what screw it. We're just having fun <laughs> with this. And like you're rooting for certain characters. You're like you know sitting there like uh, the brother-in-law that's playing on his phone the entire time, trying to learn how to use a crossbow. Like it's a one it's a one second gag in there. I, I feel bad spoiling, but it's so funny because that's it's our generation. That cannot. Oh my god! So she's on Letterkenny, which I know you refuse to watch, but she is phenomenal on that show, um, playing just a drunk redneck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing her in this with her issues in this movie, she is fantastic. In she's just hilarious, and I guess she's also got a show on Sci-Fi uh, called Winona Earp, and she's the lead in. And I've heard yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah. So um, yeah, that whole cast was just well put together. Yes. Um, and just like I said. Uh, a darkly funny script like even in some of the violent moments like you're like oh shit and then you start laughing because it's so ridiculous you know sure. um yeah and i i can't i can't recommend it enough like this i wish we would have done the episode last week so i could say get your asses out there and go see this movie you know um yeah my just just over the top hilarious i loved it loved every second of it so um, so yeah, so that's three movies, uh, three positive reviews, one of which we didn't expect. Um, we don't typically watch, I try not, I hate doing negative reviews of things. Like I really, you hear me trash things. I don't dedicate like 10 minutes to trashing things on this show. I try not to. Um, even though I've probably done that about Venom here since, uh, since we started the series. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't, I, we try not to watch things that we're not going to enjoy. And like, yeah. once we find things that we're enthusiastic about, we want to share that with you. Ready or not is one of those things. So, um, yeah, so that's going to do it for, for the review sections. When we come back, we're going to do our top 10, um, which there's going to be a lot of crossover on, and I'm sure we could probably figure out how to make it just one consistent top 10. But there are movies on your list that I haven't watched, and there's movies on my list that you haven't watched, mm-hmm. um, or at least not in their entirety. So, so yeah, we're just going to do two separate top 10. So we're going to dedicate some time to that. So stick around. All right, we're back. I apologize if you can hear the Star Wars. You know what? Screw that. I'm not apologizing for Star Wars in the background. So, uh, the missus is watching the last Jedi and trying to keep it at tones that aren't going to be picked up on the mic. So, all right, Trisha. School's back in session. Mm-hmm. All the all the kids are, are going back and learning shit and getting ready to move on to their pointless, useless lives because, you know, once we get into college, they're going to be running up debt, and I'm just, I'm just jaded. Anyway, all right, so top ten high school movies. So these were uh, basically movies. They have to be set in, in high school. I didn't care if they were a musical or not because uh, I noticed that there was one on yours, mm-hmm. um, which is now funny because that's now made two of your, like, your top five lists, so I think. So yeah, it has because major musical list. Yeah. So um, anyway, did not make mine, but uh, I tend to stick with 
with comedies. I tried to limit crossover, but mm-hmm. sometimes just gotta do it. Yeah, it just happens, and and that's fine. Um, so so I just from for me, I just cut out musicals altogether because uh, I wasn't one about to put Grease in there, and and yeah, so. Um, I'm not that big of a fan of Grease anyway. So. I enjoy Grease, but it's not my favorite. So, like, I don't know, I'll sing the songs. All right. So, what do you got for number ten? Clueless. Clueless. Not one that I'm like super hype on that I'm like obsessed with, but I think it's classic. Okay. It's it's iconic. A lot of memorable lines. It's a lot of fun. I think I've only ever seen it once, and I know I didn't care for it. I'll probably watch it again just to get another shot, but I don't. Yeah, like I know it's iconic, and I know because like. Very nice. It's very 90s. And you get a young Paul Rudd, which is the same as old Paul Rudd, but with... Well, no, he actually just, looks slightly younger. Only slightly. That, only slightly. Like, like just a hair. Only maybe a couple years. Yeah. Even though it's been like 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I know... I was going to say, I feel like they use that for like the Iggy Azalea video as their inspiration. But didn't they? Yeah? Okay. So, yeah. So, it's, it's an iconic film. Like I said, it's just not my favorite. So, uh, like I said, I've only seen it once. So I honestly couldn't tell you half the shit that happened in it. So, um, all right, my number ten is the perfect score. It's my number eight. That's your number eight. Okay, so we're actually not too far off from each other with that one. So, yeah, the perfect score is first off. It's the the first collaboration of uh, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson uh, before they they reached the MCU. And they were just youngins. Yeah, uh, but I feel like the story in that everybody can relate to the the pressures of getting mm-hmm. a high enough score on on your SAT or your ACT and going, um, you know, trying to appease everybody. Yeah. Um, without doing so, it's it's got kind of a Breakfast Clubby kind of grouping. You know, because yeah. we got we've got the jock, we've got the the nerd we got the the loner girl we got the mm-hmm. the junk or the druggie or whatever which still has has one of my favorite moments in there and that's him just like you want to leave me out here with that big bird <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid that it just makes me laugh every it's, time it's not a great movie no. but it's a lot of fun oh yeah yeah it's ridiculous yeah uh and i was debating between that and uh the faculty for my number 10 um We've been talking about the faculty a lot. It's celebrating 20 years uh, this year. Um, and we're actually talking about going to see it. I know it's on your list, mm-hmm. a little higher up. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it was between those two. But since I've already got a, a horror movie in my list, I'm deciding to move on from that. So, all right. So number nine, uh, my number nine is Mean Girls. I know that's not on your list at all. You feel that way about, you feel the way about Mean Girls that I feel about Clueless and that I think they think it's overrated. Yeah, and and that's fair. Someone's gonna hate me for that, but I don't care. Mean Girls is overrated. It's it's not that good. Okay, you're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> no, I, I I think Mean Girls is just absolutely funny. It came out at the right time, and, and I think it's got a lot of great lines. Uh, it's I will say it's probably overquoted. Yeah. Um, and again, I feel that way about Finding Nemo, which knocks Finding Nemo down my list of <laughs> Pixar movies quite a ways. So I kind of get where you're coming from on that. Um, but yeah, Mean Girls is one that my sister and I bond over too. I think there's very little that's more funny than watching a drunk person go and nim 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 That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Once once you hear, just keep swimming, just keep I swimming. That quote yeah, you just want to just drown here. somebody right then and there. So, uh, stop it, Crystal. You're encouraging the populace. So yeah, but 
Mean Girls cracks me up every time. And like I said, for me, it's it's a personal thing. I, I bombed my little sister over it. So so every so often we'll message message each other going, did, did you wear pink today? You know, it's a Wednesday, you know, yeah. or or I just I'll randomly uh, randomly just text her and go, nice wig, Tara. You know, what's it made out of? And she'll text right back, your mom's chest hair, which is funny because we just share the same mom. So anyway, so Mean Girls is my number nine. My number nine is Hairspray. Okay. It's probably my second favorite musical. Okay. I've seen it live uh, in college. We had a touring production come. Mm-hmm. Also love the movie. I have the soundtrack on vinyl, which I reserve vinyl for stuff that I love. Yeah. Like I don't just get everything on vinyl. It's just I sure. have a small collection of stuff that I absolutely love and that I can listen to from front to back. Right. Because you can't skip around on vinyl very easily. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I adore Hairspray and I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it also has a good message. It really does. And it's set in a perfect time yeah. for the message they're conveying. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So what's your number eight? Perfect score. Perfect score. Okay. Which we've already discussed. All right. So my perfect date is, or my number eight, perfect date. My number eight, I got to quit drinking, uh, is Dazed and Confused. So uh, have you, you? I think I've seen once. Okay. So Dazed and Confused, just as a refresher, is set in the, the 70s, and it's basically about the last day of school for a bunch of 8th graders that are getting ready to go to high school. Um, and I picked this one. Uh, one, it's hilarious. Like, it cracks me up every time I watch it. You also get the Matthew McConaughey, you know, the all right, all right, all right, mm-hmm. or everybody else's favorite line that actually watched the damn movie, which is, uh, I can't remember what the question is, and the kid says no, and he goes, be a lot cooler if you did. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's a cool, just like throwback to ni- late 1970s, Texas high school. Um, Empire Records has a sticker that's a callback for it because of yeah. Corey Cochran. Yep. Uh, oh God, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's in that. Yeah. He's in both. Yep. Uh, ben Affleck's in, in Days and Confused as well. And he's such a dickhead in it. Like it's right at that time where that's all the parts he could get was just him being an asshole. And mm-hmm. uh, between that and mall rats and whatever Kevin Smith would would sign him up to do. Yeah. So it's right at the beginning of his career. So it's funny to go back and see young Ben Affleck playing almost like a psychopath. Cause he's just, they, they have this whole ritual that they do every year where the, the seniors or the end go or upcoming seniors go and paddle the, uh, the incoming freshmen. And so the whole premise of the movie is the main kid is trying to avoid getting paddled. Yeah. And Ben Affleck just has a whole absolute hard on to get him. That's the whole premise of the movie. And it cracks me up every time. Cause he is like, all about it. Um, so yeah, that's my number eight. Uh, so number seven, I know this one's on your list somewhere, and it's probably right about the same spot. Uh, Brick. It is my number seven. High five. I actually wanted to put it higher because I love that movie so damn much. Uh, again, different high school experiences, but this one's just totally out of whack. So it's a Ryan Johnson flick. It's a noir film. Yeah. It's it's very jarring at first. I've talked to people who started to watch it and then just couldn't get past the dialogue. And I'm like, you yeah. don't understand. Yeah. Yes, it's very 1940s film noir kind of dialogue. Right. And I get that. Yeah. But as you watch it, you get the hang of it and you get used to it. Yes. And you kind of easily fall into it. And by the end of it, you're like, okay, that was awesome. Yeah. No, it is great. Like, I remember watching that at home one late at night. Because uh, I hadn't watched it yet, and it was on HBO or something. Yeah, I watched it because you told me to watch it. Oh, yeah, no. My dad comes into the room and goes, what the hell are you watching? And I go, dude, this movie's freaking awesome. Like, this is great. Like, it is 
it's so off the charts. Like I didn't know what to expect. Like I knew it was going to be a mystery and I'm like, eh, high school murder mystery. Like, eh, whatever. Um, it, it, I'm like, I'm watching it just for the, but the trailer looked good. So I'm like, that might actually be better. And then you get into it and it, it is, it is a hard boiled, like 1940s film noir set in the modern with the dialogue set in the modern day high school. Um, you know, for, for those of you that liked hearing the Shakespeare dialogue in a modern day setting in Romeo and Juliet, go watch Brick. Go watch Brick because I don't care about Shakespearean dialogue. This this is awesome. Like this is just damn good, and it's damn good filmmaking too. Uh, not a whole lot of action, but it is just straight up going with the story, the the mystery, the whole thing. I can't rant about it enough. You got anything else you need to add? <laughs> All right. So what's your number six? The faculty. Okay, so that was your horror movie on this list. Yeah. Um, the faculty, even though uh, his character drives a, a GTO, it inspired my love of Chappelle's. Okay. Which had the same body, so. But I just, from the moment he came roaring into the parking lot and that, and that goat, I was just like, that. I want that. Give yeah. me that car. Okay. So, that's your, hold on a second. One, two, three, four. Shoot, I'm missing a tenth on here. I didn't realize that. All right. Know. Well, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw Dead Poet Society in at number six. That's my number four. Yeah. No, there's something about Robin Williams playing the the good the yeah. good teacher and all that. I just it's it's been so long since I've watched it. I wish I could remember more, but I know I love that movie. Uh, what you said that was your number four. Yes. Okay. Want to mm-hmm. get into it? No. Okay. All it's right. been a while since I watched it. I no. just remember watching okay. it. All right. So. Getting into number five. So number five, this is my horror movie on the list. Carrie. Carrie. Uh, this is not the second I second show in the row. new one, and I think it's I terrible. watched the old one like once, and it's been a very uh, long time. So uh, watch. I have kind of vague recollections of it. <laughs> oh no, uh, I remember watching. So Carrie, uh, I read the book, and it stuck with me in high school. And that's why I tr- I try I pick on people, but I try not to be a complete asshole to yeah. those who are quiet shy whatever you know i i and that's the book that kind of kind of reinforced that because the whole book she's bullied uh not just by in the movie too not just by her classmates not just by the mean girls whatever it's by her mother too and her mother's a psychopath like just you know a hardcore religious nut that's uh, probably probably also influenced my my feelings on religion and all that too with with um regard of how people weaponize it uh, but yeah, like the whole movie, like Sissy Spacex great in it. Um, it unfortunately got a sequel like, uh, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, the rage carry Two. that was terrible. Oh, that. that just went for the, the schlock fest of it. Um, but like there's for me, like I said, I, I feel bad for that character watching that movie. And like, I'm, I'm actually actively rooting for her to get out of her terrible situation. Yeah. I'm not rooting for her to do what she winds up doing in the movie. When you, you know, it's she, you, we know she has telepathic powers and yeah. goes on the killing spree, but at the same time, can't say it's not satisfying too. So, um, yeah. So yeah, you went with the faculty as your horror movie on this list. Carrie is mine. And like I said, it's, I, when I was making my list, I was trying to come up with different experiences that each movie would bring. Yeah. Carrie is one of those that gets to the dark side of high school and, and growing up. Yeah. So um, that's why I went with that one. All right. So you're number five? Uh, easy A. Okay. I remember getting the standee for it. And so I looked it up. And I remember when I read the synopsis, I was like, well, wow, that sounds stupid. 
but then I watched it, and I love that movie. I so I've watched. Yeah. I can't even count how many times I've watched it. Oh, it's, it's, a, just, it's great. It it's great. Like I do love it. Um, and it it was on this list, but I I wanted to trim. You know what? I'm gonna scratch Dead Poet Society and put that back in there, <laughs> um, just because I've watched it more often. Dead Poet yeah. Society is great, but Easy A, Easy A though for me is in that same vein as Mean Girls where it's very quotable, it's very mm-hmm. funny, it's got that same kind of humor to it. That's probably the reason I gravitate to, towards it, too. So, it's very snarky. Emma Stone's just fantastic. Like, she is great in that. Yeah. Um, and the whole... Pro- she also reminds me of a girl I went to high school with. So, uh, so I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see her getting herself into trouble with that. So, I, I relate to that one, too. Easy A's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got for number four? Dead Poet Society. Okay. Which we already talked about. Okay. Um, All right. So my number four is one that you haven't seen, and I highly recommend it. Because you like Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Okay. It's called Election. It's got him and Reese Witherspoon. You've talked about it. I just haven't watched it. So so the whole thing basically being being about this overachieving young girl who wants to, you know, impress her her teacher who just cannot freaking stand her. Like, that's what's great about it. Matthew Broderick's the teacher is like, like he's a nice guy, but he's like, I don't like her. I can't stand her. And then he starts seeing all the shady stuff that she's doing to try and win the mm-hmm. the student council election, um, and and is trying to fight back against it, like picking his own candidate that's a popular kid that's just kind of a puppet. Like it, it's it's so funny on a political level, and then on on that social aspect as well. Like it's just it's hilarious. It's starkly funny again. Um, yeah, I think you'll like that. I definitely need to get a copy and get it to you. Um, all right, so here we go. Top three, and this is where we're going to have a lot of crossover. Um, probably not in the exact same order, but here it goes. Number three, Better Off Dead. That's my number two. Yep, I figured. Uh, John, it's hard to pick against John Cusack. It really is. Um, we quote that movie left and right, oh and I'll, honestly, that almost made my number one. We literally quoted that every day in Mexico last year. We did. And I'm not even exaggerating. No, no. Well, we quoted that. We quoted Twister. And a little bit of Star Wars, yeah. specifically uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, anytime anyone asked where something was on a resort, go that way. Really, really fast. fast. If something gets in your way, turn. turn. If you can't, if you watch that movie and you can't find a use for every quote in your daily life from that film, I don't know what to do for you. I can't listen to everybody once on without seen dancing hamburgers oh absolutely and i love that's one of my favorite van halen songs and i can't picture anything but like the 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 hamburger with with the edit van halen striped guitar like that whole sequence is hilarious it's so weird and so bizarre the the humor it's just ridiculous um but it it cracks me up every single time never fails uh street value this mountain is (laughs) pure snow I can't move my left arm as he's moving his right arm. Like, just stupid shit like that. It's so good. Um, and it's got a great cast because it's got him. It's got, uh, I can't remember his name, but he plays Booger in the Nerds, uh, Revenge of the Nerds films. It's even got it's even got Charles Winchester from Mashin as John Cusack's dad. Jeez. Um, uh, sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. Uh, oh, that movie. So so you were talking about the faculty and GTOs. Uh, that movie made me fall in love with the Camaro. That's fair. Um, and I don't, I don't own a Camaro. I'm a Challenger guy. The Camaro is a very close number two, and I, I, I'd have taken that '69 Camaro 
anything. There's just certain cars within yeah. like the classic muscle car world, but it doesn't matter which preferences. You, 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 want, you want one. You have to respect it. Uh, like everybody's all about I this. I may love Chevelles, but I appreciate a good Camaro as well. Yeah, it's the same body. I mean, it's yeah. just, just different yeah. style. Um, I was going to say, and a lot of people love the 69 Mustang GT 500 because of gone in 60 seconds yeah. can't lie that was my dream car for a long time and then i watched vanishing point and i realized i need a dodge challenger so <laughs> uh, all right so that was my number three your number two what's your number three 10 things i hate about you okay that's the one where i've only seen bits and pieces of I still can't believe. uh you can believe it i grew up on those back in the days of heath ledger oh teen heartthrob Give a shit less. DiCaprio, give a shit less. Like, there are certain actors. Like, it wasn't until they got later in their careers, which I really wish Heath Ledger was still around, um, because he is actually a much better actor than I was willing to give him credit for beforehand. But go ahead. Um, Something came up. I don't know what it was. That we were talking about people, the words people use when they're trying to find polite ways to refer to dude's dick. And I said something about every time I hear that people like trying to find a polite word for it. I yeah. think of 10 things I hate about you. Right. Cause there's a scene where she gets called into the principal's office and Julia Stiles character cat. And the principal throughout this whole movie is writing this like dirty novel. Yeah. And you see her writing it. You see her working on it and talking about it. And she frequently asks her secretary for like synonyms to words and her, you hear, like, you hear and see her secretary just being like, what the F is going on? Here? Yeah. And so she's working on it, and then Kat comes in because she's gotten in trouble for something. And then as Kat leaves, she's like, I'll let you get back to Reginald's quivering member. Yeah, and you just see the principal be like, yeah. Remember, and then suddenly she's typing. And so every time someone's trying to find right. like, a, a word to use, I just think of that. So, so actually, so <laughs> speaking of that movie, like I said, I don't think I've seen it in its entirety all the way through. However, it's a little baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt too. Yeah, yeah, I know, and he's he's everywhere. Oh, that's the main reason to watch Brick J J G L. He is he is the star of that movie, and he's fantastic. Sorry, backtracking. Uh, but back to ten things I hate about you. I, again, I've never seen it all the way through, but. Uh, I did have somebody on my Twitter feed, and I don't remember who it was. I'd love to give them credit for it, but they found a photo from the set of that film, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's Heath Ledger on set, but he's you know he's off to the side wearing a University of Kentucky T-shirt, and that made me love him just that much more. And I'm like, man, I really wish I would have appreciated your work when I was younger. So uh, so props to to the former Joker. May he rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> I actually did, didn't mind him in a, in a Knight's Tale. I will say that. So not a great movie, but he's he's not bad. At it. it was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, all right. So okay. So your number two was Better Off, Better Off Dead, which we already discussed. My number two, and this is hard for me, but I went with no, my number one. I, I agreed with you on. We'll get yeah. to that in a second. But my number two is Breakfast Club, um, which I've seen and I appreciate. Yeah, but I don't love as much as everybody else does. Yeah, no. Uh, so for me, The Breakfast Club, it it embodies, like even being set in the 80s, it still embodies today those same mm-hmm. dynamics amongst those cliques. Yeah. Um, and showing that, you know, even though, yeah, you might be the preppy, the princess, the, the, yeah. the dirt bag, whatever, we're all going through the same struggle. And again, uh, another movie that's kind of informed my, my worldview. Like, yeah, okay. 
there are people I don't like. That's just that's a fact of life. But we can't say that we're not all dealing with shit of our own because we are. And that's that's the movie that did it for me. It's also funny and it's also quotable. I appreciate it and I appreciate yeah. its impact. On yeah, absolutely. It's not your favorite, and I'm not I'm not saying it has to be. So I'm not saying it has to be your favorite, but it's just yeah. it's one of those that I grew up with, and I went. Yeah. That's a damn good movie. Damn good. Plus, plus Richard Vernon as the principal just going, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. I can't count how many times I quoted that. I actually had a a teacher in high school. Uh, I didn't actually take his class. I took his Mm -hmm. wife's classes uh, because he was, I think, an English teacher. She was a math teacher. So I had had her for math. But every time I would see him in the hallways, he'd go, Sutton, I'd go, Bliss. And he goes, that's two. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's make it three. Come on. He goes, hey, you mess with the bull, young man. Like, we did that whole thing back and forth. So I think I still owe him, like, ten years of detention at this point because of that. So, uh, Mr. Bliss, if you're listening, uh, it ain't happening. So, <laughs> But it was things like – it was one of those things I could bond with people over that – and it's cross-generational, too. So, yeah. um, like I said, it's not on your list, and that's totally fine. Like I said, it's just – it's one of my favorites. Yeah. So, all right. So, number one, we do agree on – Yes. Um, and it is the ultimate My high school movie of all time. It is the ultimate high school kids fantasy. Would you like to share? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Woo! And it's so funny because you're you were the good kid in high school. You never would have done anything that Ferris no. did. You would have been Cameron. I was totally. You were Cameron. I would have been Ferris. <laughs> and that's why I think we love this movie so much is because we are those two characters to a T. Although it's really funny. Um, so when it comes to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, everybody knows this movie. They know the, pref- or the, the premise. Yeah. I had a teacher in college who hated this movie, and he said it's because, quote, Ferris Bueller is uh, – I'm going to use my second F-bomb even though I only get one. He goes, he is a fucking sociopath. He said that to our class. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah, you're right. He is. He's, he's totally in the wrong on what he's doing. But that's, that's half the fun of it, you know? Um. He just, he does. He's like, he, uh, he did. He went off on this whole rant and I'm going, and I just, I did. I raised my hand and I go, Mr. Murphy, isn't that kind of the point of the movie? He goes, no, he's an asshole. And I go, fair enough. <laughs> Except if you really break it down, he's not a sociopath. Cause by the end, when mm-hmm. the car is ruined, he actually volunteers to take the heat. For he does. Cameron, which he a does. Sociopath would not do. True. You are absolutely. So he correct. does have a soul. He just yes. doesn't give a shit half the time. Absolutely. He, he, he is, he is cool, cocky and casual until that moment. And, and it's when it, but when it really, really comes counts, down to it, he's got your back. Yes. And so, and that's, I think that's what I really like about that movie. Uh, but at the same time, by doing that, he also encourages Cameron to grow a spine and, you know, actually yeah. say, you know what? You're right. My dad's a dickhead. I'll own this against him. My parents yeah. suck, and I'm yeah. going to tell them. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, if my dad was owning a Ferrari, he'd probably be a dick, too. Well, anyway. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Sorry. So... <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, so it, like that whole that whole movie is just it's like one. It's the movie that makes me want to go. I've never been to Chicago. I want to go to Chicago. Um, I don't need to get up on a parade float and sing Donka Shane or lip sync Donka Shane. But like that whole like that is like well, I twist wanted. And oh God, yes, absolutely, twist and shout. I'll get up for that. Um, I actually, if they would have changed it to My Way by Frank Sinatra, I'd probably hop up there and do that. So. Uh, yeah, like that whole the whole thing is just it's the ultimate high school kids fantasy of skipping school, getting away with it, getting away with you know getting one past your parents, 
and I think that's what pisses a lot of like older people off about that character is that he gets away with it from the parents. He gets away with it from the sister. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, he's just, he's just smooth and he's charming and he's all these things that every kid wants to be. And I think that's why, why it's still relatable and everybody enjoys it. And there are other people that are just appreciate the comedy of the principal trying to track him down yeah. and going through hell to get to him and failing. Spoiler alert. Movies over 30 years old. Get over yourselves. It's as old as I am. It's true. Literally. Yeah. So, um, there were movies I wanted to include on this list that I couldn't. Back to the Future was one. Just And, and so what I tried to keep it down to was just nothing fantastical, no musicals for myself, um, and just kind of keep it high school set. Yeah, it was the high school that cut out. I wanted to include Matilda. Yeah. But uh, You know what? If I just changed it to school movies. I, yeah, but I was trying to stick to high school. And that's fair. There's so many. There are. There are. Matilda is a good I deleted it. There's a couple more I was thinking about, but I deleted yeah. it off my list. But yeah. 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 Um, and I, I excluded football movies. Um, because while I love Friday Night Lights and Remember the Titans, I'd kind of like to save those for the next show that we do, which hopefully will be next week. Um, with football season starting, I'd like to do our top five football movies. And I can do top five a lot easier than I can do top ten. Because there are there are great football movies, and there are terrible football movies. And there's not a whole lot of space in between. So, um, so yeah, we'll kind of dig, dig into that next week. It's well, more di- difficult for me because I'm more of a baseball movie kind of person. But yeah, sure I come up with five. Uh, we'll do baseball season. I'll tell you what, you, uh, we'll do football now. But if you want to do baseball for just in time for the World Series, we can do that. How about yeah. that? Okay. Because I now have a whole bunch of baseball movies in my repertoire, thanks to you. You're welcome. So, eh, I had plenty before that, and some that you haven't seen. I still can't believe you haven't seen Major League. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like it. Probably. It's funny. If you if you sub out Cleveland Indians for Kansas City Royals, you'll appreciate it. So, all right. Well, that's all the time we have this week. I uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, give us a follow on uh, at... Uh, my Drunk Movie Theater on Facebook or at Drunk underscore Theater on Twitter. You can also email us at uh, MyDrunkMovieTheater at gmail.com. Um, I'm actually going to do a quick shout-out for some folks. Here's what I'm looking for. I'm going to be posting on Reddit and a few other things. I kind of like to, and I've discussed this with you, kind of like to see about finding other people that work at other movie theaters, different chains. We're not going to reveal where you work. I don't want you guys getting in trouble. We don't reveal where we work. You just you know the town. You can probably figure it out if you've listened to every episode. But um, I'd love to hear experiences outside of a, a town in the Midwest, like East Coast, West Coast, Chicago, down south, wherever. I'd love to hear from from our fellow managers or frontliners. Like if you just want to come on and talk about your experiences, um, I'm going to be reaching out for that. So if you look out for because I do have we do have a Reddit. Uh, profile that we use it's my that's you slash my drunk movie theater um so i'm gonna be posting that on on a few places just to say hey come come check us out come hop on we'd love to talk about that because we outside of it chapter two i don't think we have a whole lot coming out until joker so um so yeah so we'll need something to fill the gaps with so but, and that's kind of half the fun of the show is getting into those yeah. um but next week we are we are going to do an it Go through. I'm going to see if I can get Lucy back on since she didn't see it, and we did discuss that on one of the last shows. All right, from those of us here at uh, My Drunk Movie Theater, I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And have a good week.